Welcome to Trending in Education. This is Mike Palmer. Really happy today to have someone returning to this show. Esther Lee was on Trending in Ed a handful of times in its early days. We also appeared together on an episode of the Harvard IdeaCast, which was fun back in our Kaplan days. We both since moved on from Kaplan, and Esther in particular has had some interesting experiences over the last few years in different organizations on both sides of layoffs and reductions in force and a lot of the changes that we're seeing in the professional world these days. But before we get into that, I just want to welcome Esther back to the show. Esther, welcome back to Trending in Education. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be back. Yeah, it feels like it was only yesterday, but when I think about it, a lot of stuff has transpired. You left Kaplan back in 2018 to move to WeWorks, and since then, you've had a number of different roles. You've been exploring the great wide world of learning out there, a bunch of different <laughs> learning roles. Can you catch folks up on what you've been up to? Yeah, sure. After my time at Kaplan, like you mentioned, I joined WeWork before its tumultuous time and stayed there throughout the infamous layoffs. And then I briefly joined a hedge fund, which was also pretty tumultuous, as you could imagine. And there was a departmental layoff. And then I joined a 100% remote real estate tech company which you could imagine right now is very tumultuous. And so I just went through another riff recently. And so there's been lots of learnings, different industries, and I'm just happy to share my thoughts here today. Yeah, so we wanted to get into that with you. And then also for folks who may not remember, your background is in education and mm -hmm. your roles have been learning and development and culture building. Can you catch folks up a little more on your professional background? Yeah, absolutely. I've been working a lot with learning and development, specifically for employee relations, culture building, leadership development, employee retention and engagement and upskilling. And so lots of different areas. And I've even had the opportunity to build departments from ground up. And so that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. You're also now looking for your next thing. You're right in the midst of the new world order in terms of being prepared for change, being resilient, bouncing back. You've been on both sides of some of the challenges around reductions in force. Can you catch us up a little bit on, on that side of things? How are things going lately? How are you doing? What are some of your initial thoughts in terms of what you've learned? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing is that when we talk about rifts, most people focus on the people who are directly impacted, but I've been on both ends, right? I've been that person who wasn't a part of the big rift and I stayed and my department had gone from seven people to just me at one point. Mm -hmm. And that comes with a huge burden and also guilt. And most people don't really talk about that. And so I wanted to make sure that people understood that if you're feeling survivor's guilt because you're workplace just went through a big riff and you aren't impacted directly, that that's real and you're allowed to feel that. Of course, it's a lot tougher on the receiving end. I can say that after multiple ones that I've been a part of. And what that comes with is a lot of folks will feel some sort of, you know, am I not worth this job? Am I not doing the right thing? How am I going to find my next role? And all of those thoughts are also real. And so I wanted to make sure that I can kind of talk about 
what that looks like, how we can build communities to help each other, and also how you can boost your self-esteem and get into a routine of things so that the outlook doesn't look so gray. And I can tell you right now that after maybe four or five rifts that I've gone through personally, that I am in such a better place to really experience this. And I've built a community around myself, even catching up with you, Mike, and coming up with this show and ways that we can help others. That's been a tremendous help for me. Yeah, frequently giving back, giving of yourself is a way to really signal that growth or, you know, lean into that growth for yourself. Any challenge like this is a learning opportunity. And then I also know that learning has been very central to your career and the types of programs that you've been developing. You've also moved up the chain in these different roles and and had some opportunities to take on more management and leadership experience. And you've done all this as a I, I guess we would call you a millennial. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. So a millennial. And then also you're of Korean descent and mm-hmm. you've learned a lot from there as well. Any perspective from the generational lens or from the lens of cultural sensitivity that I know is something that you're also passionate about? Yeah, absolutely. I one want to mention that a lot of workplaces are now going hybrid, if not fully remote. And my last role was also 100% remote. And so building the culture, and we'll probably talk about this in another episode a bit deeper, but building a culture remotely is one thing, but going through a riff remotely is also a very, very different experience, especially for those survivors. And also because I didn't get up every day to physically go into the office. And after the riff, there wasn't too much that changed in my schedule. And so it could really have a huge emotional impact on people. And a lot of not just millennials, I would say Gen Zers are also looking for hybrid or remote work. And I'm finding that when I'm looking at roles that are described in such a way, it still has locations in there. And so I think a lot of workplaces are saying that they're hybrid or remote, but it's really, we have an office, we're just offering you this Zoom capability as a meeting, or, you know, we use virtual meetings once in a while. And that to me is not the same thing. And so there's been a lot of differences in what we believe to be uh, hybrid and remote. And how that impacts somebody when they're going through a rift. The layoff itself, right, that conversation has to be through a virtual lens. And that was also very different. It was the first time I was ever laid off through video. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the thought of everything now has to shut down once they give me that news. And this is the laptop that has all all of my personal things as well, right? And so even little things like that really impact you emotionally. And so I want to emphasize that a lot of folks going through the layoffs right now, this is very different from any other time of layoffs that I even personally went through. Yeah. And especially if you think about the impact of the pandemic and then the ripple effects through the economy, a lot of cuts in tech, you know, in some ways your experiences at WeWorks were foreshadowing some of the challenges that have been faced by other companies and other organizations more recently where coming out of the pandemic, you know, there are some tough decisions that are being made. 
How about on the other side, when you were involved in the cuts and you had people on your team who were being cut, I know you're someone who's really valued psychological safety and building a safe place, building a relationship and actually connecting to the people that you work with. Any thoughts on what it's like to be on the other side of the layoff scenario? Yeah. I think the first round of layoffs in my last role had a really huge impact on me because I was not only feeling the survivor's guilt, but I also had to be one of the people that stood in to give the news to multiple people. Often mm -hmm. it was phone calls um, and it's still very emotional. And I would say that on both ends, we have to just really practice one kindness and just love at the center of every single communication. It can't be that we're measuring, we have to finish this conversation in 30 minutes, or we cannot speak to this person for at least a month. You know, we cannot quantify those things. I think EQ comes in really heavy here. And the way I kind of developed my team throughout all of this, and our whole department was laid off together in the second round, and so we had the opportunity to still meet as a as a team. I made sure to set up a Zoom room and I invited the entire team. We all showed up and we actually all smiled. And, and I actually posted a photo on my LinkedIn showing these faces because I wanted to show people that we're resilient and that it's not our fault and that these are really talented folks. And this community has really served as my support system. We check up on each other every single day. We message each other funny things. Sometimes somebody will vent and will say, yeah, you know, I actually had a really emotional day last night as well. Or we'll just share war stories. We just did a resume review together. We wrote each other recommendations on LinkedIn. We send each other great roles that we think other people are a great fit for. And so community is great. And I wanted to expand that. And so I actually also created an alumni group for my company for people who were laid off. And I saw that this this was trending throughout my time at WeWork also. Of course, that was a much larger number of people and it's actually still really active. And so I think if you are the type of person who can have that EQ to continue to connect with people and be really kind, creating these alumni groups so that you know that you were working together at one point and you were affected by a single riff together, um, that can become your backbone and support. Yeah. And I know, as you mentioned before, you're someone who is tapped into your network and is continuing to work those relationships, continue to build your relationships. Now that you've gone through different work cultures and you've demonstrated this resilience, you're continue to come back, you're leaning into this next chapter in your life. What kind of advice would you give to folks who, you know, have just gone through a riff or are concerned they may be going through one, you know, really on both sides, it's tough to build that culture, build that sense of trust and loyalty. If you're in a leadership position, because everyone knows their job may disappear at any point in time. And at the same time, it's hard to commit. You know, this is where the whole concept of quiet quitting, which I'm not a big fan of that, phrase, but it is real in that people are mm -hmm. concerned about how much of themselves to give when at any moment they may lose their job. Thoughts or advice on, on any of this? 
Yeah, absolutely. First, if you are impacted by layoffs or you know that you're about to be, my advice would be that one, no one joins a company thinking they'll leave in a year or two. And so it's going to be hard and you're going to need to practice being a candidate again, going through interviews again. You're going to have to update your resume, of course. And interview questions have changed vastly, I've noticed. Culture is a huge thing. You know, your passions are something else that they ask about. And so just get on calls, apply to as many interesting jobs as possible, and don't filter out companies just because you're not interested in the industry. I would say just for the couple of weeks in the beginning, speak with a lot of recruiters. Good recruiters will often even give you tips as to tell you why they didn't choose you. And so you will get a lot of advice that way. And also looking at a lot of different job descriptions, you'll be able to tailor your resume a little bit better in alignment to those job descriptions. The other thing is setting a really great routine for yourself. I've noticed that I had an inkling to sleep for a really long time in the morning because I no longer had to wake up early to you know, be present at work. But what that does is it, it, it creates an imbalance and, you know, you don't have that same motivation anymore. And so I force myself to wake up at the same time I usually do every single day. And what I tell myself is I am going to get that next dream job. And once I do, it's going to be harder to wake up for it if I don't set a routine for that job now. And so I put on my makeup, I, you know, I dress as if I'm going to be in Zoom meetings all day. And that's how I kind of take my day to day. And so even little things like that, those small routines can really go a long way. And then I would also say another thing that's hard is it's often easy to apply to roles that are easy applies, especially on places like LinkedIn or Glassdoor. All you have to do is put in your resume and your first and last name and your application is good to go. That's great. Do a lot of those. But just know that on the other end of that is you're also going to get a lot of rejection letters. And these rejection letters are not to tell you that you're not good enough. It's the same thing that you're doing, right? Think about how many places that you're just kind of testing the waters. They're also going to test waters. And they're not saying you're not a great person and that they don't think that you're talented. They're probably seeing a huge pool of people applying. And so I would not take that to heart. And just if there's an opportunity, understand why you weren't chosen or try to get a better idea for what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. For me, I know I tend to reach new insights and new perspectives by going through these types of transitions. You've gone through a lot in the last few years. What have you learned? You know, you're a learning person. I think of you as Esther Lee, the learning person. So, <laughs> you know, like as someone who's really expanded, maybe how you might think about learning, even the types of roles went from more strict e-learning into learning and development and then into, you know, culture, organizational leadership, and even some stuff on cultural sensitivity. What are some of the new themes that are emerging? You know, in some ways you've been getting a, an interesting cross-section by virtue of dipping into all these different organizations and, and getting different experiences. What are some new things you're picking up on? Any trends you're noticing? 
Yeah, I think the thing that I am looking for in my next role and what I'm also seeing a lot of Gen MZers are also looking for is really that great culture, great benefits, and a, a great manager and team. That may sound like cliche, but before, you know, I would say maybe even five years ago, it was, you know, is the comp great? Is the brand something that's known? Would I use this product? And there's the market fit that you would look for. Of course, all of those are still important. But I would say the number one thing that everybody's now looking for is that culture. And again, whether it's hybrid, all in person or remote, culture of what is your actual mission and values? And I would say I've been on the interviewer side as well, because I've had to build departments from ground up. And that's the question I always got, you know, what is the company's mission and values and what is yours? And, you know, does it align? And what's the culture like there? What is your DEI that's in place? They test me for what type of manager I am. You know, what is your leadership style? And candidates are very direct. And I found that to be so courageous. And that makes me want that type of person on my team as well. And so I've been finding myself asking those questions more and more as well in my own interviews. I would also say that something I've learned after multiple layoffs on both ends is that it it does get a little bit easier. You know, it's not that, oh, it's the fifth time that this has happened to me. It must be me. It's actually, it's the fifth time it's happened. And every single time I've always come out stronger. And again, that also might feel cliche, but that's really true. I know that I'm going to find something I'm passionate in. I'm going to get a lot of learnings in. And so I'm really not worried. I'm just actually really excited to see where I land. And sometimes that anticipation and me feeling so eager could kind of make me a little bit more anxious, but just believing that things will turn out okay and having that community to help me believe that is going to be really important. I found that interviewing made me a better interviewee. I imagine now from a storytelling perspective, the fact that you can draw from such a wide range of experiences, the fact that you are also growing in your roles allows you to tell that story. We're getting closer to time for today's episode, but just any thoughts on the importance of, of storytelling? Because that does seem like you know, an interview in a lot of ways is an opportunity for you to tell your own story. And then when you're interviewing someone, to your point, you almost need to sell them on the story of your company and the, the story of yourself. Any thoughts on storytelling and also, you know, where you see yourself heading next, how your story is unfolding as we speak? We know we're going to get you back on subsequent episodes on a regular basis on the show, which would be great. But any thoughts on how your experiences are now informing how you think about getting that next job and charting your next career? Yeah, absolutely. One, I would kind of lean on the data. I looked this up and the U.S. Department of Labor's data says that 40% of people are terminated from a job in their lifetime. That's a huge number. Unfortunately, I've been on the receiving end of that often. But that shows you that I've taken risks to join companies that are unstable and I've built teams from ground up and that I am a fast paced strategic person who can kind of navigate through ambiguity. And so that's the kind of story that I emphasize on. It's not that I've been unfortunate, 
It's that I am a risk taker and I believed in this company, despite the fact that I've never been in a real estate company or I joined a ballooning startup, knowing that it was ballooning because I wanted to experience that firsthand and see what it feels like to be onboarding 2000 people globally every single week. Right. And so those are experiences that I would never trade for anything, even if I knew that I would get laid off again. And so I would really be proud and confident in, in telling those stories. I also wanted to end on a note that's a little bit more hopeful for those who are impacted. I recently watched a Korean brain scientist state that shellfish can only mature and grow when they leave their hard shells in search of their next one mm. because they've kind of outgrown. And this is actually them taking a huge risk because their shell is the only thing actually keeping them strong and safe. Outside of the shell, they're completely malleable and can, you know, face danger and just die right away. And so the scientist was saying that the human mind is similar in that we need to be in our most vulnerable and defenseless state in order to mature to the next and better stage. Jeez. And we just need to be taking chances. And this so totally resonated with me in my current state. I feel like that's where I am. I am. I'm looking for my next shell, but I know that this experience is going to make me so much more mature and experienced. And it is invaluable. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And so I, I just want to encourage everybody who's, you know, going through a riff right now and they're feeling down, they're getting a lot of rejections. It's also a season of not really hiring. Hiring doesn't happen until January, if not February. And so, you know, take that time to relax a little bit if you can and build your self-esteem and know that you're growing to something much bigger and better. That's fantastic stuff. And I really appreciate you putting yourself out there like the shellfish that you're describing appearing <laughs> on a podcast. It's not always the easiest thing to do to talk about these things, but talking about them is a way for you to gain some, some power over them and then hopefully inspire others along the way. Really excited to have you back. Looking forward to hearing more about where you're heading next. And if folks are interested, Esther is on LinkedIn. You can find her there. We'll include a link to Esther's LinkedIn. As part of the episode, Esther, really happy to have you back on. Best of luck in what's next. And I'm looking forward to having you back on the show more often in the future. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Awesome. And hopefully our listeners enjoyed what you heard. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear folks' perspective on some of what Esther is putting out there. Also, if you want to put yourself forward as someone who's going through some of the stuff that we're just talking about, it's great when we get real life experience and people bringing their own vulnerability and perspective to bear. It is an act of courage. I'm very impressed by Esther and I look forward to bringing more folks like her back on the show. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast, write a review, do all the good things. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education. Mm -hmm.